Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Third Canto, Chapter 20, Texts 17 through 39. Brahma creates coverings of ignorance, yakshas and rakshasas. And Brahma creates demigods and demons. Text 17. When that Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is lying on the Garbhodaka Ocean, entered the heart of Brahma, Brahma brought his intelligence to bear, and with the intelligence invoked, he began to create the universe as it was before. Purport by Srila Prabhupada at a certain time, the personality of Godhead Karnadakshaya Vishnu lies in the Karna Ocean and produces many thousands of universes from his breathing. Then he enters again into each and every universe as Garbhodakshaya Vishnu and fills up half of each universe with his own perspiration. The other half of the universe remains vacant and that vacant region is called outer space. Then the lotus flower sprouts from his abdomen and produces the first living creature, Brahma. Then again, as Shirodakshaya Vishnu, the Lord enters into the heart of every living entity, including Brahma. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, 15th chapter. The Lord says, I am seated in everyone's heart, and by me are remembrance and forgetfulness made possible. As the witness of the activities of the individual living entities, the Lord gives each one remembrance and intelligence to act according to his desire at the time he was annihilated in his last birth, in the last millennium. This intelligence is invoked according to one's own capacity or by the law of karma. Brahma was the first living entity, and he was empowered by the Supreme Lord to act in charge of the motive passion. Therefore, he was given the required intelligence, which is so powerful and extensive that he is almost independent of the control of the Supreme Personality of Godhead just as a highly posted manager is almost as independent as the owner of a firm. Brahma is described here as independent, because as the Lord's representative to control the universe, he is almost as powerful and independent as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Lord, as the Supersoul within Brahma, gave him the intelligence to create. Therefore, the creative power of every living entity is not his own. It is by the grace of the Lord that one can create. There are many scientists and great workers in this material world who have wonderful creative force. But they act and create only according to the direction of the Supreme Lord. A scientist may create many wonderful inventions by the direction of the Lord, 
but it is not possible for him to overcome the stringent laws of material nature by his intelligence. Nor is it possible to acquire such intelligence from the Lord, for the Lord's supremacy would then be hampered. It is stated in this verse that Brahma created the universe as it was before. This means that he created everything by the same name and form as in the previous cosmic manifestation. Text 18. First of all, Brahma created from his shadow the coverings of ignorance of the conditioned souls. They are five in number and are called Tamisra, Anda Tamisra, Tamas, Moha, and Maha Moha. Report by Srila Prabhupada. The conditioned souls, or living entities who come into the material world to enjoy sense gratification, are covered in the beginning by five different conditions. The first condition is a covering of tamisra, or anger. Constitutionally, each and every living entity has minute independence. It is misuse of that minute independence for the conditioned soul to think that he can also enjoy like the Supreme Lord, or to think, why shall I not be a free enjoyer like the Supreme Lord? This forgetfulness of his constitutional position is due to anger or envy. The living entity, being eternally a part and parcel servitor of the Lord, can never, by constitution, be an equal enjoyer with the Lord. When he forgets this, however, and tries to be one with him, his condition is called Tamisra. Even in the field of spiritual realization, this Tamisra mentality of the living entity is hard to overcome. In trying to get out of the entanglement of material life, there are many who want to become one with the Supreme. Even in their transcendental activities, this lower-grade mentality of Tamisra continues. Anda Tamisra involves considering death to be the ultimate end. The atheists generally think that the body is the self and that everything is therefore ended with the end of the body. Thus, they want to enjoy material life as far as possible during the existence of the body. Their theory is, as long as you live, you should live prosperously. Never mind whether you commit all kinds of so-called sins. You must eat sumptuously, beg, borrow, and steal. And if you think that by stealing and borrowing, you are being entangled in sinful activities for which you will have to pay, then just forget that misconception because after death, everything is finished. No one is responsible for anything he does during his life. This atheistic conception of life 
is killing human civilization, for it is without knowledge of the continuation of eternal life. This andatamisra, ignorance, is due to tamas. The condition of not knowing anything about the spirit soul is called tamas. This material world is also generally called tamas because 99% of its living entities are ignorant of their identity as soul. Almost everyone is thinking that he is this body, is no information of the spirit soul. Guided by this misconception, one always thinks, this is my body, and anything in relationship with this body is mine. For such misguided living entities, sex life is the background of material existence. Actually, the conditioned souls and ignorance in this material world are simply guided by sex life, and as soon as they get the opportunity for sex life, they become attached to the so-called home, motherland, children, wealth, and opulence. As these attachments increase, moha, or the illusion of the bodily conception of life, also increases. Thus, the idea that I am this body and everything belonging to this body is mine also increases. And as the whole world is put into moha, sectarian societies, families, and nationalities are created, and they fight with one another. Maha moha means to be mad after material enjoyment. Especially in this age of Kali, everyone is overwhelmed by the madness to accumulate paraphernalia for material enjoyment. These definitions are very nicely given in the Vishnu Purana, wherein it is said, Tamo viveko moha syad anta karana vibrama maha mohas tu vigneho gramya boga sukhaisana maranam hyandatamisram tamisram kroda uchite avidya pancha parvaisa pradur bhuta mahatmana. Texts 19 and 20. Out of disgust, Brahma threw off the body of ignorance. And taking this opportunity, Yakshas and Rakshasas sprang for possession of the body, which continued to exist in the form of night. Night is the source of hunger and thirst. Overpowered by hunger and thirst, they ran to devour Brahma from all sides and cried, Spare him not! Eat him up! Purport by Srila Prabhupada The representatives of the Yakshas and Rakshashas still live in some countries of the world. It is understood that such uncivilized men take pleasure in killing their own grandfathers and holding a love feast by roasting the bodies.
Text 21. Brahma, the head of the demigods, full of anxiety, asked them, Do not eat me, but protect me. You are born from me and have become my sons. Therefore you are yakshas and rakshasas. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The demons who were born from the body of Brahma were called yakshas and rakshasas because some of them cried that Brahma should be eaten and the others cried that he should not be protected. The ones who said that he should be eaten were called yakshas and the ones who said that he should not be protected became rakshasas, man-eaters. The two, yakshas and rakshasas, are the original creation by Brahma and are represented even until today in uncivilized men who are scattered all over the universe. They are born in the mode of ignorance and therefore, because of their behavior, they are called rakshasas or man-eaters. Text 22. He then created the chief demigods, who were shining with the glory of goodness. He dropped them before the effulgent form of daytime, and the demigods sportingly took possession of it. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Demons were born from the creation of night, and the demigods were born from the creation of day. In other words, demons like the yakshas and rakshasas are born of the quality of ignorance, and demigods are born of the quality of goodness. Text 23 Lord Brahma then gave birth to the demons from his buttocks, and they were very fond of sex. Because they were too lustful, they approached him for copulation. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Sex life is the background of material existence. Here also it is repeated that the demons were very fond of sex life. The more one is free from the desire for sex, the more he is promoted to the level of the demigods. The more one is inclined to enjoy sex, the more he is degraded to the level of demoniac life. Text 24 The worshipful Brahma first laughed at their stupidity, but finding the shameless asuras close upon him, he grew indignant and ran in great haste out of fear. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Sexually inclined demons have no respect even for their father, and the best policy for a saintly father, like Brahma, is to leave such demoniac sons. Text 25 
Text 25. He approached the personality of Godhead, who bestows all boons, and who dispels the agony of his devotees and those who take shelter of his lotus feet. He manifests his innumerable transcendental forms for the satisfaction of his devotees. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda Here are the words Bhaktanam Arupatma Darshanam mean that the Personality of Godhead manifests His multi-forms according to the desires of the devotees. For example, Hanumanji, Vairangaji, wanted to see the form of the Lord as the Personality of Godhead Ramachandra, whereas the Vaishnavas want to see the form of Radha Krishna, and still other devotees want to see the Lord in the form of Lakshmi Narayan. The Mayavadi philosophers think that although these forms are assumed by the Lord, just as the Lord's devotees desire to see him, actually he is impersonal. From Brahma Samhita, however, we can understand that this is not so, for the Lord has multi-forms. It is said in the Brahma Samhita, Advaitam Achyutam. The Lord does not appear before the devotee because of the devotee's imagination. Brahma Samhita further explains that the Lord has innumerable forms. Ramadi Motishukala Niyamenatistan. He exists in millions and millions of forms. There are 8,400,000 species of living entities, but the incarnations of the Supreme Lord are innumerable. In the Bhagavatam, it is stated that as the waves in the sea cannot be counted but appear and disappear continually, the incarnations and forms of the Lord are innumerable. A devotee is attached to a particular form, and it is that form which he worships. We have just described the first appearance of the boar within this universe. There are innumerable universes, and somewhere or other, the boar form is now existing. All the forms of the Lord are eternal. It is the devotee's inclination to worship a particular form, and he engages in devotional service to that form. In a verse in the Ramayan, Hanuman, the great devotee of Lord Ram, said, I know that there is no difference between Sita Ram and Lakshmi Narayan forms of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But nevertheless, the form of Ram and Sita has absorbed my affection and love. Therefore, I want to see the Lord in the forms of Ram and Sita. Similarly, the Gaudiya Vaishnav loves the forms of Radha and Krishna, and Krishna and Rukmini at Dwarka. The words bhaktanam anurupatma darshanam mean that the Lord is always pleased to favor the devotee in the particular form in which the devotee wants to worship and render service unto him. In this verse it is stated that Brahma approached Hari, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This form of the Lord is Shiro Dakshai Vishnu. Whenever there is some trouble, 
and Brahma has to approach the Lord. He can approach Shirodakshai Vishnu. And it is the grace of the Lord that whenever Brahma approaches about disturbances in the universe, the Lord gives him relief in so many ways. Text 26 Lord Brahma approached the Lord, addressing him thus, My Lord, please protect me from these sinful demons who were created by me under your order. They are infuriated by an appetite for sex and have come to attack me. Report by Srila Prabhupada It appears here that the homosexual appetite of males for each other is created in this episode of the creation of the demons by Brahma. In other words, the homosexual appetite of a man for another man is demoniac and is not for any sane male in the ordinary course of life. Text 27 My Lord, you are the only one capable of ending the affection of the distressed and inflicting agony on those who never resort to your feet. Report by Srila Prabhupada The words Klesha Das Tisham Anasana Padam Tava indicate that the Lord has two concerns. The first is to give protection to persons who take shelter of his lotus feet. And the second is to give trouble to those who are always demoniac and who are inimical toward the Lord. Maya's function is to give afflictions to the non-devotees. Here Brahma said, You are the protector of surrendered souls. Therefore I surrender unto your lotus feet. Please give me protection from these demons. Text 28 The Lord, who can distinctly see the minds of others, perceived Brahma's distress and said to him, Cast off this impure body of yours. Thus commanded by the Lord, Brahma cast off his body. Report by Srila Prabhupada The Lord is described here by the words Vivikta Dhyatma Darshana. If anyone can completely perceive another's distress without doubt, it is the Lord himself. If someone is in distress and wants to get relief from his friend, sometimes it so happens that his friend does not appreciate the volume of distress he is suffering. But for the Supreme Lord, it is not difficult. The Lord, as Paramatma, is sitting within the heart of every living entity, and he directly perceives the exact cause of distress. 
In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, Sarvasya chaham ridisani vista. I am sitting in everyone's heart, and because of me, one's remembrance and forgetfulness occur. Thus, whenever one fully surrenders unto the Supreme Lord, one finds that he is sitting within one's heart. He can give us direction how to get out of dangers or how to approach him in devotional service. The Lord, however, asked Brahma to give up his present body because it had created the demoniac principle. According to Sridhar Swami, Brahma's constant dropping of his body does not refer to his actually giving up his body. Rather, he suggests that Brahma gave up a particular mentality. Mind is the subtle body of the living entity. We may sometimes be absorbed in some thought which is sinful. But if we give up that sinful thought, it may be said that we give up the body. Brahma's mind was not in correct order when he created the demons. It must have been full of passion, because the entire creation was passionate. Therefore, such passionate sons were born. It follows that any father and mother should also be careful while begetting children. The mental condition of a child depends upon the mental status of his parents at the time he is conceived. According to the Vedic system, therefore, the Garbhadan Samskara, or the ceremony for giving birth to a child, is observed. Before beginning a child, one has to sanctify his perplexed mind. When the parents engage their minds in the lotus feet of the Lord, and in such a state the child is born, naturally, good devotee children come. And when the society is full of such good population, there is no trouble from demoniac mentalities. Text 29. The body given up by Brahma took the form of the evening twilight, when day and night meet, a time which kindles passion. The Asuras, who are passionate by nature, dominated as they are by the element of Rajas, took it for a damsel whose lotus feet resounded with the tinkling of anklets, whose eyes were wide with intoxication, and whose hips were covered by fine cloth, over which shone a girdle. Purport by Srila Prabhupada As early morning is the period for spiritual cultivation, the beginning of evening is the period for passion. Demoniac men are generally very fond of sex enjoyment. Therefore, they very much appreciate the approach of evening. The demons took the approach of evening twilight to be a beautiful woman, and they began to adore her in various ways. They imagined the twilight to be a very beautiful woman with tinkling bangles on her feet, a girdle on her hips, and beautiful breasts, 
and for their sexual satisfaction they imagined the appearance of this beautiful girl before them. Text 30 and 31 Her breasts projected upward because of their clinging to each other, and they were too contiguous to admit any intervening space. She had a shapely nose and beautiful teeth. A lovely smile played on her lips, and she cast a sportful glance at the Asuras. Adorned with dark tresses, she hid herself, as it were, out of shyness. Upon seeing that girl, the Asuras were all infatuated with an appetite for sex. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The difference between demons and demigods is that a beautiful woman very easily attracts the minds of demons, but she cannot attract the mind of a godly person. A godly person is full of knowledge, and a demoniac person is full of ignorance. Just as a child is attracted by a beautiful doll, similarly, a demon who is less intelligent and full of ignorance, is attracted by material beauty and an appetite for sex. The godly person knows that this nicely dressed and ornamented attraction of high breasts, high hips, beautiful nose, and fair complexion is maya. All the beauty a woman can display is only a combination of flesh and blood. Sri Sankaracharya has advised all persons not to be attracted by the interaction of flesh and blood. They should be attracted by the real beauty in spiritual life. The real beauty is Krishna and Radha. One who is attracted by the beauty of Radha and Krishna cannot be attracted by the false beauty of this material world. That is the difference between a demon and a godly person or a devotee. Texts 32 through 34. The demons praised her. Oh, what beauty! What rare self-control! What a budding youth! In the midst of us all, who are passionately longing for her, she is moving about like one absolutely freed from passion. Indulging in various speculations about the evening twilight, which appeared to them endowed with this form of a young woman, the wicked-minded Asuras treated her with respect and fondly spoke to her as follows. Who are you, O pretty girl? Whose wife or daughter are you? And what can be the object of your appearing before us? Why do you tantalize us, unfortunate as we are, with the priceless commodity of your beauty? Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The mentality of the demons in being enamored by the false beauty of this material world is expressed herein. The demoniac can pay any price for the skin beauty 
of this material world. They work very hard, all day and night. But the purpose of their hard work is to enjoy sex life. Sometimes they misrepresent themselves as karmi yogis, not knowing the meaning of the word yoga. Yoga means to link up with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, or to act in Krishna consciousness. A person who works very hard, no matter in what occupation, and who offers the results of the work to the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, is called a karmi yogi. Text 35. Whosoever you may be, O beautiful girl, we are fortunate in being able to see you. While playing with a ball, you have agitated the minds of all onlookers. Report by Srila Prabhupada. Demons arrange many kinds of performances to see the glaring beauty of a beautiful woman. Here it is stated that they saw the girl playing with a ball. Sometimes the demoniac arrange for so-called sports, like tennis, with the opposite sex. The purpose of such sporting is to see the bodily construction of the beautiful girl and enjoy a subtle sex mentality. This demoniac sex mentality of material enjoyment is sometimes encouraged by the so-called yogis who encourage the public to enjoy sex life in different varieties and at the same time advertise that if one meditates on a certain manufactured mantra, one can become God within six months. The public wants to be cheated, and Krishna therefore creates such cheaters to misrepresent and delude. These so-called yogis are actually enjoyers of the world garbed as yogis, Bhagavad Gita, however, recommends that if one wants to enjoy life, then it cannot be with these gross senses. A patient is advised by the experienced physician to refrain from ordinary enjoyment while in the diseased condition. A diseased person cannot enjoy anything. He has to restrain his enjoyment in order to get rid of the disease. Similarly, our material condition is a diseased condition. If one wants to enjoy real sense enjoyment, then one must get freed from the entanglement of material existence. In spiritual life, we can enjoy sense enjoyment which has no end. The difference between material and spiritual enjoyment is that material enjoyment is limited. Even if a man engages in material sex enjoyment, he cannot enjoy it for long. But when the sex enjoyment is given up, then one can enter into spiritual life, which is unending. In the Bhagavatam 551, it is stated that Brahma Sokya, spiritual happiness, is ananta, unending. Foolish creatures are enamored by the beauty of matter and think that the enjoyment it offers is real. 
but actually that is not real enjoyment. Text 36. O beautiful woman, when you strike the bouncing ball against the ground with your hand again and again, your lotus feet do not stay in one place. Oppressed by the weight of your full-grown breasts, your waist becomes fatigued, and your clear vision grows dull, as it were. Pray, braid your comely hair. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The demons observe beautiful gestures in the woman's every step. Here they praise her full-grown breasts, her scattered hair, and her movements in stepping forward and backward while playing with the ball. In every step they enjoy her womanly beauty, and while they enjoy her beauty, their minds become agitated by sex desire. As moths at night, surround a fire, and are killed. So the demons become victims of the movements of the ball-like breasts of a beautiful woman. The scattered hair of a beautiful woman also afflicts the heart of a lusty demon. Text 37 The Asuras, clouded in their understanding, took the evening twilight to be a beautiful woman, showing herself in her alluring form, and they seized her. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The Asuras are described here as mudha diha, meaning that they are captivated by ignorance, just like an ass. The demons were captivated by the false, glaring beauty of this material form, and thus they embraced her. Text 38 With a laugh full of deep significance, the worshipful Brahma then evolved by his own loveliness, which seemed to enjoy itself by itself, the hosts of Gandharvas and Apsaras. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The musicians in the upper planetary systems are called Gandharvas, and the dancing girls are called Apsaras. After being attacked by the demons and evolving a form of a beautiful woman in twilight, Brahma next created Gandharvas and Apsaras. Music and dancing employed in sense gratification are to be accepted as demoniac, but the same music and dancing, when employed in glorifying the Supreme Lord as Kirtan, are transcendental, and they bring about a life completely fit for spiritual enjoyment. Text 39 After that, 
Brahma gave up that shining and beloved form of moonlight. The Visvavasu and other Gandharvas gladly took possession of it. <laughs> 